Well, welcome back. We have missed you. It's been a few weeks since we have come with one of our world famous podcasts here. Uh, it is me and Mr. Is it world famous? It is, is world famous true? because we are in it. We are in it. Does it count that like like one person from Asia listens and then like one person from Africa listens? Last time I checked. Does that make us world famous? Last time I checked. <laughs> so I'm here with Michael Gerald, and we have got our Creo Collective podcast on tap for you. We've got a really great discussion today around one of our core values that shape us at Creo. And so we wanted to share it with you. And it's around this idea of giving permission of freedom and experiencing grace amongst each other. And so that's where we're coming for today. Mike, what are your thoughts when you think around this idea about giving permission? um, And you think about our listeners who are hearing this what do you think they're hearing when they when they hear this? Yeah, I mean, I think where people's minds go first is fear of um, somebody d- doing something wrong or saying something wrong or, um, you know, almost we have to control what is done or what is said because people could do or say the wrong things. And so for most people, they have an experience, if they have any sort of church background, they have an experience of um, what we like to call high control and low accountability. And so you got churches that want anyone who wants to take action or do something or create something, they have to go through a board maybe a committee, they've got all sort of hoops they have to jump through. And so people aren't given the freedom to just go, try, experiment, create, attempt things. Um, I would say that we have more of a no impulse instead of a yes. The response is always, no, don't do that. Yeah, or, you know, it's, it's wait. Or why don't we talk to so-and-so or hold that thought? Um, So I don't even know that it's necessary because we're also afraid of offending people. So we don't say no, but it's, it's sort of delayed or, you know, Hey, yeah, why don't we circle back to that? Or, Hey, what, why don't we, I'm going to check with so-and-so. And then immediately people feel defeated. They don't feel freedom to just try things, um, attempt things, gather people, um, put something together. If you think about it, though, Jesus was the great permission giver. I mean, we we talk about the fact that he he sent the disciples out in pairs, and where were they on the journey at that point? I mean, as a evangelical leader, which I think that term has so much negative stigma attached to it, but for people who would consider themselves from an evangelical tradition, we'd say someone who um, is a believer is someone who believes that Jesus was the Savior who died and resurrected and became to 
rescue mankind from their sins. At that point in the journey, when Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs, none of us, according to that definition, would say that the disciples were believers. I mean, they were believers that Jesus was worth being followed, but they all imagined that he was going to defeat Rome and conquer the enemy and set up camp right there as like a new restored nation with military power and strength and might. Um, So they didn't really get it. Now, we fear sending people out prematurely, right? What if they're not ready? What if they're not mature? What if they're not godly enough? What if they don't have enough experience? We don't want to send people out too quickly. And so we have a really hard time with permission giving, freedom, letting people go, experimentation. We have a really hard time with that. But Jesus did it. He sent the disciples out before they understood the gospel. Um, I mean, the story was still being written. And then they came back and he would debrief with them and process with them. And that was a part of their discipleship is as they were going, um, it, it was being worked out. I think you said a couple things in there that I wanted to to jump on a little bit because you talked about Jesus as the great permission giver, right? And I, <laughs> and, and not only, you know, were they immature in their initial sending, but then you think again, you know, Peter has just denied Jesus three times, just been restored. And Jesus doesn't say, okay, now, Peter, here's what you need to do, right? I need you to meet my checklist of repentance and acceptance. I don't know. He immediately turns back to the disciples as he's ascending into heaven. And he says, hey, I have permission. And now I give you permission to go. And I love that idea as with us understanding that Jesus is the great permission giver, because I think we create this misplaced authority. Because if Jesus is the one giving permission, why then do we shrink his kingdom? Like we shrink his kingdom because essentially we say no, right? You said that early on in what you were just saying, we have this tendency to lean back into the no instead of saying go. And I, I, I know it's sort of all these catchy little phrases, right? But there's this idea of we tend to take the authority away from God. And I think in this idea of permission giving, we're actually uh, trusting more that God is the authority giver. And so we know we can't control everything. And for me, that's really hard. If you know the Enneagram at all, I'm a one. So I'm a control freak. I like everything to be in a line. I like to know what's coming next. I like to be the one that's pulling the strings. But there's this great recognition, Mike, in what you said, right? Jesus is the permission giver. I need to relinquish the authority I'm trying to claim and give it back to Christ. And this is what's so cool, because if you're a new believer too, there isn't this set of hoops that you need to jump through. If people are telling you you need to attain something in order to go, you're being fooled. It's about trusting God, loving him, and pursuing relationship with him. As you do that, you declare the good news of Jesus to those around you. And so I like that idea of 
realizing that Jesus is the one giving us permission and relying more on him. Yeah, that's good, man. I think that in many ways we can be like bad nannies that tell children that they're not, they're not sons and daughters or they, they don't have authority as sons and daughters and sons and daughters just need to say, no, that's my refrigerator. (laughs) This is my lazy boy. I can take the dog out. And I, I think in, in many ways, people have uh, been trained to think that they, it's not their house. Like they, they, they don't feel a sense of ownership of, you know, I've been given the keys to the kingdom and I'm able to create and go and multiply and take action and step out and be courageous and really see myself not as some sort of guest or outsider, but as an insider in the kingdom, as a, as a co-creator, as one that's been called. Sorry for my dogs barking. <laughs> if you haven't been able to tell, we're creating this from our homes. So <laughs> that is the reality of this COVID world. But I think one of the pieces that excites me as a, a co-creator, and I think about coming out of COVID, I actually have seen an entrepreneurial spirit begin to take heart just naturally in what's going on in the world around us. And I think we have this great moment to seize upon that as people are pursuing this entrepreneurial spirit because they don't ask permission. Like when they're starting businesses or think about that TV show on CNBC that's on every night now where they go before these, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say sharks. They're not real sharks in case you're wondering, but they go before them and they're, they're not asking permission, right? They're saying, here's my vision. Like, here's what I want to do. And they're, they're asking for people to partner with them. And I think we have this great opportunity where people have this vision and this passion right now. And it's not about saying no, it's about partnering with them, being a co-creator alongside them, coming alongside them and pushing them and empowering them in mission as we go forward. And I love that out of COVID, this is one of the great things. A lot of negative has happened with COVID, but in the same breath, there's this great sort of release that's about to be (laughs) unleashed. And I, I think now more than ever, we just need to say yes uh, and and see what happens. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that's good, man. I think that so so much of our uh, yellow light or red light or the stop signs that we put up to people's desire for action is uh, based in fear and. I think of the verse, there is no fear in love, perfect love, cast out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears has not been perfected in love, which takes me then to there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We we are free and we are free to run and try things and we're free to fail because we've got this big safety net of the security of being sons and daughters, the knowing that we are um, going to be forgiven 70 times seven, that I, I think there's this uh, 
I, you know, I, I was afraid master. So I buried my treasure underground. And I know that you're a hard man. And so I buried my treasure underground because I, I didn't want to screw up. I didn't want to lose whatever investment or gifts that you've given to me. And I, you know, the master in that parable was angry. And I think the master in the parable was angry because, because the, the servant did not really understand the master or the heart of the master. That Jesus, as the good master, um, just wants us to use our gifts, whether you lose the money or not, whether you, you know, produce tenfold or not. The last thing in the world that our great master wants is for us to bury our treasures underground. So go and and try things and attempt things for the sake of the kingdom. We should be the most daring and courageous people on the planet, filled with the spirit of God, living under the grace of God, loved unconditionally by the father who will never let us go. You know, we should be running out and attempting things and trying things. Think about the early church. I mean, my goodness, the early church was, was so screwed up. They're, they're getting drunk off communion wine and sleeping with mother-in-laws and crazy kind of stuff going on, promiscuity and brokenness and sin and drunkenness and orgies and everything else. Um, but Paul would plant these churches and then leave and things would get a little crazy. And then he'd write letters back and correct them and revisit them and, you know, help them sort out the messiness I think we're so afraid of messiness and brokenness and imperfection and sin that we're we're unwilling to give people authority and freedom and allow them opportunity instead of just believing that the one who began a good work in us will bring it to completion, believing that the spirit is at work. And then circling back to walk with people and coach them and help them process mistakes and failures, not even necessarily as failures, but as experiences to learn and to see what the Spirit might be teaching us uh, through the stuff that didn't quite work out right. But I think that culture of fear is so thick in the air. It's like a, it's like a, um, it's like a humidity in, in the spiritual climate of our, of our culture. You just walk around, you can barely breathe because there's this, this constant fear of what if they screw up? What if they don't do it right? What if they say something wrong? You know, people are afraid to, to ever run. It's like constantly looking back at dad, um, but never able to really pedal the bike because you're, you're afraid dad's going to yell at you the whole time. And so there, there's not the encouragement of, no, go, you can do it. I, I don't care if you fall down, you get back up, you're fine. It's not that culture. It's like, you, you know, if you fall down, it's going to be like, you didn't do it right. Yeah. And I think this is where we have to, I hate to use like buzzwords, but be countercultural almost, right? Because right now we live in like the woke day, right? Everyone's woke. And so you said like the messiness we're we're afraid of the messiness and what generally happens is messiness now has become to equal excommunication things are get messy well we don't want to see you things get messy things get difficult you figure it out we're doing our own thing right and so messiness has become 
like non-participation immediately where like scripture genuinely calls us to a different type of behavior right think about galatians where he says like bear one another's burdens and he's talking about dealing with sin like galatians is a messed up church it's one of those churches you just mentioned you know is, is there so messed up peter's even screwing up again and yet we have this great moment here where where paul's coming he says you know literally share each other's burdens so instead of being scared of the messiness embrace it speak boldly into it challenge that other individual and literally take it upon yourself because what you're doing is you're carrying my yoke together and what do we know about the yoke of christ like his his burden and his yoke are light. And so I think there should be a push. Like we naturally need to begin to think to push each other towards saying, okay, if there's true freedom in Christ, then I'm going to share my brother's burden, my sister's burden. I'm not going to be scared of the messiness. And when they screw up, I'm going to offer forgiveness because I know I've been set free. I know that Christ sets them free. And so why are we going to hide behind this wall? Why are we going to be like, what are those eggs? Are they Fabergé eggs or, you know, those really delicate, like we're not that delicate, right? We're set free, right? If we're set free, we can embrace these moments of messiness. And that's what I love about even this statement, right? So you think about giving permission. Well, permission means we're going to make mistakes, but in that permission, there's also freedom to do those things. And the reality is, as we make mistakes, as we, as we embrace the freedom, as we understand that we're set free, there's also grace that comes with it. And grace is, is just one of those pieces where, I, I, Mike, if you have your mind wrapped around it, I would love for you to unpack. You sort of unravel that for us so we could hear. You were going to say unpack. I was, you? I was, I can't help it. Everyone do a shot of whiskey. I can't, it just comes to my mind, but it's one of those pieces, right? So you move from permission and freedom, and then you know on the other side of that, there's going to be missteps along the way. But isn't that where grace is so good? So how do we understand like the, the depth of grace that, we've been given and that we are called to give each other within the church. How do we understand it? I think we just, you know, I, I think we keep getting a deeper understanding as we go. And I think a lot of it happens as we're going and we're with other people and we see the grace of God working in their lives and in ours. Um, but so I don't think we get in relationship with each other so that you can give grace to each other. Yeah. And receive it for and sure. Cause we, cause we yeah. need it. Yeah. I mean, we need it. And, and I think understanding how much it's been given to us, we are eager to pass on that message of forgiveness and freedom to others who are loved unconditionally by the father. Um, so yeah, I, it is, it is really super, super, super good news that we get to pass on to other people. And like you said, there isn't a, a like a fragile journey for us. It's we we can step boldly out, and we can be filled with faith. And if if we're so um, 
successful, maybe it's because we're not faithful. Maybe we're only doing things that we know will work and we're playing it too safe. If, if everything that we, um, you know, that we dream up, we can accomplish, maybe our, our dreams aren't bold enough. Maybe we're not listening to the spirit who would entice us and woo us to do some wild and dangerous things that may or may not work the first time out that God's trying to grow us and stretch us and move us into unorthodox places. But too often people do things that are so easy, safe, and predictable. Let me put it this way. It's easy to gather a group of believers in your living room and talk about a Bible passage. But if you're thinking about ways to engage relationally your neighborhood and you're throwing block parties or barbecues or whatever, and you're inviting people to come hang with you that you've never hung out with and you're getting to know their stories and you may or may not be rejected. And you you know what? That's less safe, but my goodness, that's where the stories are going to come from. That that's that's where we're going to see the spirit work in ways that we never would have imagined. And too often we go, you know what? I'm going to do this safe, predictable thing, and I'm going to gather people that all think like me in an environment that I can control, right? And then I'm going to say that I am living as a faithful servant of God. I don't think you're very full of faith. (laughs) If that's what faithful means, I don't think you're very full of faith. I think you're way too safe. Um, But to really live by the Spirit means that we step out, you know, like, like Peter. And the the environment is tumultuous and shaky and terrifying. And it might work, it might not work. We're uncertain of what's going to happen. We've never been on this ground before. We've never seen these people. We've never hosted this environment. We've never entered that place. Um, but to, to step out is where life is and where life abundant is. It, too many believers, I think, are living in a, and a sanitized and fake world instead of a, a abundant life that Jesus offers us. And what I think, what I think is so cool about what you're saying is it translates to a new believer and it translates to like the, the old guard, right? Either way, I think the promises of what you're saying ring true. And, and I think about it and I think, I think about that statement, like we give permission. First of all, like we don't give permission. We're just understanding the permission that's been given to us. We're not trying to misplace the authority, right? Jesus is the ultimate authority. And so we're not going to shrink his kingdom. And so I love the idea that in all of these things, whether you're a new believer or an old believer, that deeper understanding that you have permission is true. If if that deeper understanding that you have freedom, that you have grace, all of those things ring true to you. And I think that's what's so cool about this is it translates regardless of where you are on your journey. And I think to be honest with you, for the new believer, all of these things are a little bit easier to grab a hold of. And I say to, to, to you, like, stay there, live in, live in that space. Yeah, like dig into the word of God, but live in that space where you experience freedom, where you embrace mission, where you try new things, 
where you don't live safe. To the old school, right? I say, we've got to throw off some of the shackles, some of the misguided steps we've taken over the past 10, 20, 30 years, 50 years, 100 years, 1,000 years. And we got to go back like to the source and begin to have this deeper understanding of the permission that Jesus Christ has given us, that God the Father has given us, and that he is calling us to. And I think it's so difficult to embrace the mission. It's difficult to necessarily live in freedom because we create all sorts of laws and rules and we add on to it. But like these, 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 these aspects run deep. Like they are the nature of God. This is who he is. And so there's this call. I, I hope that we begin to embrace and like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to see this and, whatever shackle or rules I had in place before, no, 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 I'm going to throw them off and I'm not going to live safe. I'm not going to live small. I'm going to take the permission that God's given me. His kingdom is huge. I'm yeah. Going to that. I, I think Tim, it's like uh, people who, what you just described, people that are new in the journey of walking with Jesus, I think are at an advantage. Yeah. Because those who have been, churchified for a long period of time. Um, I, I think it's the equivalent of they've been sitting in driver's ed classes for 30 years, but they've never driven a car. Right. And then you finally one day go, okay, drive the car. They're like, really? (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready, but, but the person who's very new to the class, they just, okay, now we're going to drive. That's what they expected okay, we're going to go on this journey. We're going to drive the car. We're going to learn. We're going we're gonna to take action with this thing. And so I think there's almost a, a shock factor. When you look at people who sit in a, in a space for 20, 30, 40 years and never make a disciple, they never extend relationship and create community with those who don't share their faith and hear their stories and care for their needs, and, and then you're trying to nudge them out of that. But they've been sitting in driver's ed for 30 years. There's a level of comfort there, right? I know the booklet inside now. I really do, right? I've seen all the videos. The instructor's really good. He had a new angle on driving, which is cool. He was talking about electric cars last week. But it, it's this weird, I've never actually driven a car. Thing. I've never actually made a disciple. I've never actually done anything to transform my neighborhood. And so you get stuck in a rut because you've been in that world of, of theory and ideation, but you've never applied any of it. So I, I think you can get into some long ingrained habits that are super hard to break. So yeah, I'm with you, man. If, if you can from the front end say, Let's, uh, let's hear these things and then take action. You have freedom. You have permission. Take action. Do it. And then you come back, process it, and I'll take action again. Now let's process it. Take action again. You have freedom to do it. You have permission. I am encouraging you to go for it. That, that's got to be our, our posture. And it's a great space right there, right? Like that's got to be our posture. And so if I could say anything... To those that are listening, go drive the car. <laughs> to to build on Mike's analogy right there, right? Go drive it. Like you have permission. Like, and you don't even need it from us. <laughs> and 
and that's I think that's the key is we're just saying, hey, we need more drivers. <laughs> like, well, and that and that's a it's a great analogy too, Tim, because when when you first drive the car, it's awkward, and you're watching where your hands are. You got to make sure they're tend to. You're checking your mirrors. You're being very careful. Um, fast forward a couple of years, you got a bagel hanging out of your mouth. You got the radio blasting. You're talking to someone on the phone at the same time. A lot of the stuff that you had to really think about what you were doing, now you're doing automatically. You actually arrive at your destination and forget which route you took to get there, right? Because it's so automatic. Natural. And 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 the same it's the same thing with with the mission of Jesus and disciple making is a, a lot of at the beginning it feels intimidating. We don't know what we're doing. You've got to watch every little step. But if you just simply go drive the car, that's the best teacher. Take action. Do it. You have permission. You will learn. Your faith will grow to a deeper level. You'll know more about cars than you ever did just sitting in driver's ed. I don't know what to add to that. That analogy is incredible. Your car sounds a little dangerous. <laughs> Bagel hanging out of your mouth. I don't know if you know, were you, were you using your hands? Were you using your knees it's to a, drive? I, I'm uncertain. It's a pop, it's a poppy bagel, so I hope I don't get pulled over. <laughs> oh, well, I think to all who are listening today, if you hear anything, like, just join us, right? Join us on the journey. Like, if you want to ask questions, we, join one of the Creo conversations. We'd love to help you. Like, hey, we're, we're, we're just inviting more people to drive and experience the freedom they have in Jesus and the grace that they are given. So if you're listening, we'd love for you to, to be a part of what we're doing, or we'd love to let you know that just do it. Like just go and do it. Yeah. And you never needed our permission. You never to begin needed with. Our permission if you were waiting anyways. for these, if you were waiting for these two boneheads to tell you it was okay. <laughs> I mean, we are world famous. Remember world famous <laughs> you have permission your baptism is your ordination you are called you are sent go and do it because jesus gave you permission it doesn't even matter what your local pastor says what mike or tim says jesus has given you permission you are filled with the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead now go and do greater things like jesus said you're going to do even greater things so go do them. I'm not adding to that. Peace out. Peace out. And there you have it, guys. Jesus said you would go and do greater things. So go and do greater things. Well, for myself, Tim Monahan, Mike Gerald on the other side, coming at you from PA in New Hampshire. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creole Collective Podcast. As always, you can email any question you have to Mike Gerald. And he will answer every single one. Or I can send it to Tim and he can unpack it for you. <laughs> and I will unpack it. For the Creo Collective, we'll see you on the outside. <laughs>